Hello, everyone. This is Richard Robertson from the Dean's Office. Joining me today is Dr. Rachel Cornaccio, a member of the music faculty here at Messiah, and she has overseen our vocal music ed programs, uh, but in recent years has shifted more to conducting her other love in life, and has now become the program director for our Master's in Conducting program. Today we're going to talk about uh, a choir that she has started, a very unique and unusual choir, I would say, just in the way they go about doing things, uh, the Threefold Chord Choir. So Rachel, why don't you just tell us a little bit about the background of this and how it came to be, and uh, how you go about doing business. Uh, the Threefold Chord Women's Choir was started in 2018 with its first performance. Uh, I had met with President Kim Phipps here at Messiah College uh, about starting another choir that would utilize women outside of the walls of Messiah College as well as some of the women inside the walls of the college, and then it would be very missionally focused. Um, that's just something that comes out of my own heart. That's something that I desired to do. So that's where it started back in 2018. Mm -hmm. And so I know that this is an unusual choir. The reason I say it's unusual is because, you know, a normal choir like rehearses. Yes, imagine <laughs> that. Yes, no, we meet and rehearse and perform all in one day. So we meet always on a Saturday at 9 a.m. in the morning. We rehearse throughout the course of the day, and then we have a performance at 7 p.m. We do Depending on the, the session, we'll have what I call a read-through rehearsal for folks who are in the vicinity of Messiah College. We'll meet for about two hours on a Sunday afternoon prior to our rehearsal together, just so that they can get an idea of what the music sounds like, um, so that they can understand what areas maybe they need to focus on in their practice, and I get to focus in on, too, what areas I think we'll need to address as a choir. Um, but folks do come to the first rehearsal that, well, the only rehearsal, already having the music prepared. Okay, so how long in advance do they get the music? At least a month. Okay, and the read-through that you have, how, I didn't hear, how early is that? That's usually just about a week or two before the actual performance. So okay. the pianist and I meet together, and whoever can show up shows up, and we just do start to finish of each of the pieces, mm -hmm. no matter how wonderful or terrible they are, just so that they can get a snapshot of what it would sound like. Sure, and each of your concerts has an overriding theme to the... To the it pieces does. that you choose? Yes. Can you talk about that a little bit? Sure. Um, sometimes these ideas just pop into my head. Uh, usually they're born out of something that's happening around me, uh, whether it be in my own personal life or maybe some impact that I'm seeing happen globally that I want to address through music, partly just so that I can understand it better and so doing hopefully allow other people to understand the situation better too. So each of the pieces is chosen for a very specific purpose to fall in line with, a, with whatever that theme of the concert is. Um, and we also always invite a nonprofit to come alongside us and I my aim is to also have that nonprofit be in line with that same theme as well. So it can be a really cohesive program. Mm -hmm. And so you've done three of these concerts up until now. And what have some of your themes been? Uh, the first was Arise My Love. It was based on a uh, piece by Dan Forrest, written for Women's Ensemble. Um, that was probably the most loosely related to theme uh, because I was just getting started. So I did my best um, to just have it 
uh, be a, a concert that se- surrounded the celebration of God and who he is and who, what his creation looks like to us. Um, the second uh, concert was called Reflection. Um, and the, the intent in that particular program was to allow the audience members and the choir members to really just take a moment to pause and think about their own lives, to think about the direction our lives were heading. Uh, we also looked a little bit at where some lives have already been through the music um, and investigated ways also through the music, how we might overcome some of the obstacles that are faced. Uh, The most recent concert was back in April, and that concert was entitled My Scars, His Story. And that centered around, um, again, some of the afflictions that we find ourselves having, either because we've put those upon ourselves or because of circumstances that surround us. And I really wanted to give voice to ways that we can meaningfully use our own circumstances to glorify God. So that was what that final concert was. Mm And the one that's coming up is Love Is. Yes. And uh, can you talk about that a little bit? Sure. Um, I thought when I first came up with this idea that it was going to be um, just talking about love as we would read it in the First Corinthians 13, love is patient, love is kind. Um, as I was seeking repertoire to fill that idea, I was finding that I was coming short um, there's not a lot of songs about love being patient that I could find. <laughs> There's a lot of songs about love being kind. <laughs> so I, was, I, I wasn't able to fill in the blanks. And to be honest, if we were to come up with music to meet each of those definitions of what love is, uh, it would have been a really long concert. So right, instead, right. Um, in looking for music for that, I came up with this other idea, which is to really just define what love is. And so I went back to the ancient Greeks um, and started to delve in the four types of love as defined by the love by the Greeks to determine what love truly is. So you're using the four different words that the Greeks had for love. The yes. Philos and eros and agape and so forth. Yes, and, yeah, yes. Storgos is the other one. That's uh-huh. the one that people don't usually hear of. Right. Yes. So how is it different from the others then? How is it set apart? Storgos? Mm-hmm. Well, philia is brotherly love. Right. And those of us that live in Pennsylvania all know that because of Philadelphia. Eros is sort of this romantic love. Mm -hmm. Agape love is the godly love that we have, or better yet, the sacrificial love that we Mm -hmm. have for our Savior for what he did. And then Storgos is familial love. So uh, love that has to do with family, love that a mother has for a child, love that a husband has for his wife, Mm -hmm. um, that type of love. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So those are the four types that we're identifying within the concert program. And hopefully giving voice to through the music that's selected. Sure. So do, did you, are they organized into four sections? Then is that how you did the program? Yes, yeah. so I organized it into four sections and hopefully we'll bring our nonprofit in to uh, kind of encapsulate each of those four ideas with a story from their own situation mm-hmm. that they have working mm-hmm. where they work. And who are you working with this time? It's an organization called Love the Hill. It's mm-hmm. part of Wild Heart Ministries in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, Love the Hill um, particularly deals with or tries to, as best they can, work with uh, beautification projects in Allison Hill, which is a um, very uh, low-income area of Harrisburg. It used to be a very beautiful, affluent place, Um, but just because of how things go, sometimes the that part of Harrisburg especially has seen a lot of dilapidated buildings, overrun sidewalks, um, 
there are a lot of folks in that neighborhood who can't afford to put on a new roof or mm -hmm. put a new screen door on the front of their house. So these are the things that Love the Hill does. Throughout the summer especially, they bring in a lot of work groups and they seek to help the, the people of Allison Hill mm -hmm. be able to take more pride in where they live. Sure, yeah. No, it's a beautiful part of the city in yes. one way and it's unfortunate that it's... Um, mm -hmm gone into the state that it is in right now. Mm -hmm. I think some of the views, you know, just looking up and down State Street from both <laughs> both directions, some of the most striking things in our mm -hmm. in our region, actually. Yep. One other thing I'd like to say about Love the Hill, if I may, sure. um, the folks who oversee that ministry actually live in Allison Hill. So that was something that was especially striking to me. It's one thing to serve a community. It's one another thing to be a part of the community. So I was able to take my kids with me one day when we went to Allison Hill to meet with them um, at the mansion, which is where they live. It's called the mansion. And if you saw it, you would understand why. So was, I was able to have some really important conversations with my own children um, just because they are stationed yes. in Allison Hill. Yes. Well, I know that um, Drew Hart, our, our, one of our colleagues, has, has written about that mm -hmm. uh, tendency of some of us who don't live in this city to just kind of come in for a day yeah and we're just kind of annoying mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, because we're not really doing that much good and mm -hmm. just kind of um, you know patting ourselves on the back a bit maybe and without and you have to really identify with people before you can come alongside and actually be of any benefit and so that's mm -hmm. that's that's really tremendous yeah. yes a tremendous aspect of what they're doing um, so people that want to sing in the choir, I'm sure you're all set for this next concert because it's in two weeks. Yes. But uh, for the future, <laughs> if one was interested, mm -hmm. how would you get in, how do you, how do you recruit people to sing? Uh, well, we're all over social media. So mm -hmm. if you are a friend of mine or a member of the choir, the chances are your you social media yeah. has been blown up. Um, if it hasn't been blown up, tell me and I'll make sure that that happens even more. Uh, otherwise, we have a website. The threefold, excuse me, www.threefoldcordwomenschoir.com, and it's C O R D. It's yes. not a play on words with C H O R D. It's an actual <laughs> threefold chord, as we would read in Ecclesiastes 14, where a threefold chord, C O R D, is not broken. Um, going back to your first question, that's where the, the name itself came from, yes. was that verse in Ecclesiastes 4. Um, so www.threefoldcordwomenschoir.com, and on the website there's actually a form that folks can uh, fill out if they're interested in participating, and then I will get in touch with them about asking a little bit more about their background. Mm -hmm. um, we don't do necessarily auditions unless I feel it's necessary. Mostly I just ask questions about what type of singing they've done in the past. Um, are you able to prepare your own music in advance? That's a big one. Yes. Um, so just to get an idea of where they are as far right. as their music ability is concerned. Right, right. Because it's, it's not a choir that you can come to if you can't sit down at the piano and figure the part out on your own. Or, or Correct. in some way read the yeah. part and learn it, start to learn it ahead of time. Yes. Um, but on the other hand, you're not looking for um, seasoned seasoned professional choristers, right. Yes. right? I mean, if they want to join, and we do actually have a pretty, uh, a few folks who are a part of the choir that are part of other choirs that are quite fine, so. And, and I know that many of, many of the members of your choir are, are music teachers and very highly trained musicians, yes. yep. so, which is yep. wonderful, but it, you don't have to be that. Right, no, no. Yeah. This really is for women to come together and just 
celebrate one another. Mm -hmm. Um, one instance of some things that we try to do not, we didn't, I mean, this did not happen intentionally. It's just the way that the group works. Uh, I had a woman reach out to me maybe a month or so ago, um, who wanted to be a part of our choir. She was a friend of a friend of a friend sort of a situation. Mm -hmm. Well, come to find out, I received an email from her two weeks ago saying that she had just found out that she was diagnosed with colon cancer. Mm -hmm. So she would not be able to participate because she was having surgery on September 9th and the concert Mm -hmm. is on September 14th. Um, So I immediately put out a call to pray for our Mm -hmm. sister that, you know, Mm -hmm. she would be healed of this. And we actually brought one of our nonprofit partners in, uh, Radiant Hope, which sends out care packages to cancer patients. We're going to be collecting money for her to send out a Radiant Hope box for her so Mm -hmm. that she can maybe find a little comfort from that as well as knowing that her sisters are praying for her steadfastly. So really that is in a nutshell, exactly what the purpose of the choir is. Right. It's not how well you can sing. It's how can we rise up together and support one another through this three crazy thing called life. <laughs> so it's a mutual support group, but it's, you come together for music. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We tremendous. all leave, we kind of all leave it at the door <laughs> and sometimes frantically leave it at the door. <laughs> of um, course. I usually have young moms running in at the last minute, you know, yes. uh, trying to get childcare squared away or what, what have you. So it's always interesting. <laughs> well, but in these days when they say all the, all the audiences for music are older, and, and as, as an older person myself, I'm glad that there are young moms singing in your oh, choir. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, and we have Messiah, current Messiah College students in it. We have uh, yes. both at the undergraduate and graduate mm-hmm. level as well as a bunch of alums, which really is so fantastic. Yeah. So the concert that's coming up is September 14th, as you said, which is Saturday. Is it in the evening? It is. It's at 7 p.m. 7 p.m. And it's Slade Hill Mennonite Church. Yes, in Camp Hill. In Camp Hill. Yeah, a beautiful, beautiful venue. We're really excited to be there for the first time. And this is something, I don't know if we've said this, but the the venue changes as well as the partner and the program and so forth with each each one of these. You've been at four different places. You did one of them here at Messiah. We did. And uh, and then the one last spring was at the Grantham Church, which is almost at Messiah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But the opening one was in Hershey's. Right. And and now you're moving moving out to Camp Hill. Mm -hmm. So. We'll keep keep moving around. Uh, yeah, and if there are folks who are interested in hosting us, we're always open to that. We just want the reach of the choir to to reach as many people um, as possible, and that's why we continue to kind of bounce around. Not because we haven't been invited back, um, but because we want to allow as many people as possible to explore the ideas that we're exploring through music. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, we'll get a following one of these days. Yes. That's my hope. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I, I was really surprised. Uh, I have to admit, uh, before we started recording, I asked uh, if uh, if she had done any arranging herself, because you just think there's maybe not as much music for uh, women's ensemble, but that hasn't. There's plenty of music out there, and this is fascinating to me because uh, the first time we joined um, NASM, we were mm. accredited here at Messiah. A member of our team was from an all women's college. And uh, as it happened, um, I used to bump into him at NASM then all the time. And um, they were wondering if they were going to stay that way, in part because of the choir. It's hard to keep choral directors there, he said, uh. because there's not much repertoire for women's ensemble. And, 
And so I don't know if that's changed over the years since then, or or I think if it has. Maybe they weren't as willing to look mm -hmm. in places where you're looking. You maybe a little of both. Yeah, it might. I mean, it does. It takes quite. I can't just go on J.W. Pepper and find what I'm looking for. Right. I mean, right. I usually. I found composers that I really love to program. Um, from finding them, I found other composers. But I think that the market for women's ensemble has increased dramatically over even just the past five years. Um, a lot mm -hmm. of that has been born out of the self-publishing movement sure. because it's easier for people to write women's music and to get it out, not necessarily get it out to the masses, but at least show people that it's there. At least make it accessible. Right. Because that, that was because of the digital mm -hmm, era, mm -hmm. because of the internet, yes. Uh -huh. And I think publishers have followed suit with that, seeing sure. that there is a desire for mm -hmm. high quality women's ensemble repertoire. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I mean, some of it is, most of it I would say, is just completely exceptional and just as good, if not better, as mixed choir repertoire. Well, I, I've heard two of the three concerts, and so I can attest yeah. that you're singing a very high quality of music. Yes. I, mean, I enjoyed, yeah. enjoyed the Appreciate two programs that. that I heard. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and of course, it's it, it really is quite amazing that this group, and it's a different choir each time, of Correct. course, because uh, it's this one day event. And uh, I think you're doing two a year right now. Yes. You started in the spring. Mm -hmm. um, two years ago, and then uh, two, two concerts last academic year, and, and you're doing two again this year. Yes. So there's one, the one in September, and there'll be one in May? I May 2nd. May yep. 2nd. And we're still looking for a venue, so yes. yeah. always happy to hear <clears throat> of spots we can find ourselves. And that one will be called Women Through the Ages of Song. So exploring female composers, female poets, female writers, as well as female scientists, female theologians, you name it, we're exploring it. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> Whatever women have done. Right, exactly. Is, Mothering. Let's face it, pretty much everything. Exactly. <laughs> yes, yes. So, that's great. Uh, you know, I'm doing, um, Yating and I are doing a piece by Cecile Chaminade. Oh, very On the cool. piano concert that's coming up. The and next I, day. Uh, yes, the very yes, next day after yours. Yes. And I was, and I mentioned this with the other podcast, but we, I was, I was rather appalled, actually, when I... Uh, started looking for books about Cecile Chaminade mm -hmm. because there is one. Yeah, yeah, there is one book, and it, it came out in the early 1980s, mm -hmm. and it said this is the first scholarly book about Cecile Chaminade, and it's just a short um, biography and then a bibliography mm -hmm. of recordings, and and this woman published 400 wow. works during her lifetime, yeah, and toured all over the place, toured the mm -hmm. United States, was a very popular pianist. Uh, and her music's very good. And I, I can't comprehend, <laughs> you know, that she'd be ignored in that way. So um, Sounds like a great doctoral research project. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. So anyway, the, I think what you're doing with this and just bringing to light any of those kinds of achievements that have been ignored mm -hmm. uh, is, is a marvelous thing as well. And of course, obviously, this, the aspect of just providing support for the for the members of the group yes. is is, uh, is an enormous one. But uh, anyway, uh, earlier I was I was starting out to say that I think it, it is remarkable the quality that you achieve with your choir, given that it's a one day event mm -hmm. and that it's not it's not like they sang together at the last right. one. It, it, yeah. You know, there, there's carryover from mm -hmm. co concert to concert, of course. There's some people that are in all of them, but I'm mm -hmm. sure. But uh, but it's, it, there are also new pe people each yes. time. Yeah. So, uh, it's really a testament to the, the work mm -hmm. ethic that these women have. And especially those have, I've always found that those that, who have 
sung with us in past sessions mm -hmm. are much better prepared than those who haven't. And part of that is because they realize how much they have to know. Yes. And a part of it too is because they've all, they now have such a sense of pride for the product mm -hmm. that we, when we have a like mind and a like spirit can accomplish mm -hmm. in a, you know, nine hour day, eight hour day, um, it's really amazing. And I, so I think it's a testament to their commitment to making sure that this concert is quite mm -hmm. fine. Well, the other day I, told you how um, Lana Flowers, who's our, uh, who's our um, performing arts coordinator here at Messiah, and was a member of your choir just last spring yes. because it was at the church where her husband is the pastor, mm -hmm. and uh, that she had, um, she had come back just uh, glowing from the concert, mm -hmm. and everything about the, con the experience was just wonderful. And you remarked and said, uh, it's really very powerful. Could you just say something about that uh, in sort of in closing what, sure. what you had in mind when you said that? Yeah. Well, I always say, you know, I work at a Christian college. Mm -hmm. um, I go to church on Sunday. And sometimes I wonder what my purpose is on this earth spiritually. You know, I'm not a missionary. I'm not serving in ministry or anything like that. I'm in one of the safest spots you can be as a Christian, which is a Christian college. Um, but that choir affords me the opportunity to delve into really hard conversations um, and to do so through a lens of faith. And all of the women who come are at very different stages of faith, you know, either on their own faith journey or just, you know, maybe they found that they have met an arrival point with their faith and they know, they know where they are, they know who they are. Um, but to see their faces when they sing words like, oh, love that will not let me go. Mm -hmm. um, and to see the tears streaming down their face as mm -hmm. they realize through the power of music that mm -hmm. it, all that doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. They are the Lord's mm -hmm. and he's got them. Just to be able to see that release on the faces of these women who are so busy right. and have to attend to other people's <clears throat> cares and concerns mm -hmm day in, day out, mm -hmm. to finally just take a moment for, their self, for themselves mm -hmm. to reflect on their own ideas of faith through music. Mm -hmm. I mean, it just doesn't get much better than that. And mm -hmm. I just, I get to sit and witness it mm -hmm. right, right in front of them. I don't have to sit in an audience and just imagine. I get to watch them and I get to see the reactions that they have on their faces, knowing what the texts mean to them. And mm -hmm. it just... I think that's that's why I'm here. <laughs> that's why I'm here. So, I I'm interested though. You said to deal with difficult things. Mm -hmm. Is that in conversations you have during the rehearsal process? It or? can be, and some of some of them will email me as they've been singing through different songs and tell me what their day was like. And then they sang this particular song and it can even be a funny song and they just needed to laugh. Sure. You know, mm -hmm. we're doing a song on the next program called the mashed potato love song. I mean, it's, it's a complete spoof on this idea of love. Sometimes people just need to laugh, mm -hmm. you know, for mm -hmm. me, it's, it's being able to sing some of these old hymns reinvented that meant so much to me as a child and mm -hmm. the doctrine of them has shaped my own faith. So mm -hmm. that's meaningful to me. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, a lot of them will email me little tidbits or text messages. I love this one. <laughs> I'm crying as I'm driving down the road on the way home from work. So it's more just the interfacing of their lives as they're living them with the music that is planned for each concert. Yes. That brings about these 
delving into the difficulties of life, but yeah. also the reassurance that comes from uh, from the music and from the from their faith. Yes. Yeah. Together. Yeah. The emotive aspect of it, I think, is just so mm -hmm. powerful for them. These are women who have participated in choir before in many different ways, and to be able to just I think there's a beauty to the solitude of learning on their own first. Mm. Um, it gives them opportunity to reflect in the moment about what they're singing yeah. um, rather than being amongst 50 other singers as they're learning the music. And it becomes, you know, just pounding notes and rhythms and things like that. It's, it's harder. It's maybe even, I don't want to say less impactful because I don't want to downplay the idea of meeting every week because I do that too with women's yes, ensemble. It's just different. Yeah. It's different. And these are, these are, most of them are grown women who have yes. lived lives, you know, <laughs> so it's different for them. Sure. But it also sounds like you're creating a space in the rehearsal or through the process, I guess, in which this, they have a freedom to actually mm -hmm. reflect on the music in this way. They may not always be there mm -hmm. in some of the other choirs they've sung in. Is that, you think that's an accurate assessment? I think assessment? so. I think, it's a, I think it's a maturity level, too. I think that Both they, of those together, and I sure. think it's a safe space. Mm -hmm. They look at me, and I'm not the type of person who exactly. puts on airs. Yeah. Um, and I don't do that intentionally. It's just how I am. I always say, what mm -hmm. you see is what you get. You yes. know, if you mm -hmm. want to know something from me, ask me, and I'll mm -hmm. tell you. Mm -hmm. um, that has been born out of my own life struggles and things that I have gone through. I've just learned that it's far better to put things out there with love and kindness mm -hmm. um, and grace, lots of grace. And I think people know that. They know that I know I'm not perfect. So to be vulnerable in front of me is going to hopefully be met with that same grace that someone met, met me with when yes. I was going through my own struggles yes. yeah. or joys for that matter. Yeah, yeah. no, it's... it's Anytime you're authentically yourself, you're vulnerable. Yes. And music, being a musician is one of the ultimate vulnerabilities as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Singing with a bunch of people you've never sung with before and hoping you get the notes right the first time. Nothing seems hard once you've walked out on stage. That's yes. what I, I just, you know, anytime I have to do something that I'm a little bit nervous mm -hmm. about, I just remind myself that I've played the piano in front of people. And yeah. so I can do this too. That's why I keep my <laughs> back to the audience. I never know who's there. <laughs> well, that's great, Rachel. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for talking with my me. My pleasure. And uh, I'm looking forward to the concert. Uh, I think it's going to be a great one. And uh, love what you're doing with this choir. So thank you thank so you. much. This is Richard Robertson from the Dean's Office. <laughs>